everyone. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Highlight Tactical Podcast. I am joined by my guy, Steve from Airgun Evolution. What's going on, Steve? Oh, nothing much. Just happy to be here with you guys today. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, Steve came on our Instagram live a little while back. He is an expert when it comes to air guns. He does a lot of pest control stuff. They do have a YouTube channel that I will link below down in the description. But Steve, let's get right into this thing. So the common question uh, that I've been asked by a lot of viewers and, and fans of ours is they're into air guns. I'm not an air gun guy. You're the perfect guy uh, for these things. Uh, so when it comes to setups for somebody that wants to get started with air guns, what are your recommendations? Well, I would have to say my very first recommendation is, is going to be the cheapest and the easiest because for $35, you can go to Walmart and buy a Daisy 880, and it comes with a little scope in the box. You buy a $2 tin of pellets, and you're out shooting, and it's a fantastic gun, and it's a very accurate gun, out to about 20 yards. Now, if you want to take it one step further than that, you could also go to Walmart again and buy one of their um, higher-end brake barrel rifles. Maybe you're looking at $160 to $200, and... Once again, it's going to be very accurate, uh, a nice entry point, and it'll it'll get you shooting. And as far as getting into the higher end stuff, like where I'm uh, shooting and the guns I'm using, I would recommend, uh, it's called the Benjamin Marauder, and it's 25 caliber. And this is going to be a more powerful air gun. You're going to get a lot more range with it, but you're looking at a price around $500 on that, but it's going to be an excellent air gun and, you know, just give you all the joy in the world when it comes to shooting and accuracy. Yeah, so uh, Steve and I were actually on here before we got rolling with this. He actually has a scope with him today mm -hmm. uh, that that we had mentioned on our Instagram live before I had asked about it. Um, how he records some of his videos. So if you've never seen some of Steve's videos, like I said, you got to check those out. And they do a lot of scope cam shots, which are really, really cool. So can Steve, can you walk us through that? So this is my scope right here, and what records on it is this little unit right here. So I'll actually take it off. So this is the unit right here. We hook a little tiny like GoPro or action sports camera up to it, and there's a prism in here. So the camera looks in, and it sees the reflection off the prism. So you're actually looking through the scope. You're seeing exactly what I see, and it basically brings you guys right along for the hunt. You can see when I pull the trigger, you can see the round going, and this will record and a hundred and I think it is uh, 120 frames a second. And I'm able to slow that down and you can see the pellet flying through the air in slow motion and hitting the target. Um, wow. And what we've been doing is we're painting the backs of our pellets with neon colors now, and they looks like little tracer rounds flying through the air. And a lot of, uh, my footage, I'm actually hunting iguanas down in South Florida, and you can see um, all these like dinosaur uh, creatures getting shot. <laughs> kind of cool. Something you don't really see every day. Yeah, so uh, the scope kind of came up. I, I kind of touched on it a little bit before Steve came on one of our lives, and you know we were kind of having an interactive... Uh, yeah, so you can see there. So if you haven't seen his videos, like I said, it really is a really cool perspective. And... This scope here, it's actually made by a buddy of mine who I stay with uh, down in Florida, this, this scope cam unit. It's called an Orion cam. And 
there were basically two other scope cam uh, setups out on the market and we liked aspects of one and we liked aspects of the other one, but you know, each of them had their, their downsides and their pluses. So what he did is he basically took everything he liked about each unit, combined it here, got rid of everything we didn't like and kind of made it a foolproof system with like little locking rings and stuff. And he actually spent a month finding the best glass to put in here so you get a crystal clear view. Um, and if you go and check out my videos, you'll actually see what I'm talking about. When I'm looking at an iguana maybe 40, 50 yards away, you can see like the color in its eyes. You can see the individual scales on it. It's really something when you look at this, like just the clarity and the quality you get out of uh, a system like this. Now, Steve, I think we uh, talked about this on the Instagram live before, but is there a video that you have that shows um, people that are getting into air guns kind of how to sight theirs in uh, and, and really feel comfortable with their new uh, air gun rifle? There is. I have a, a video out there called How to One Shot Zero, and I basically bought this it's a, a big bore air rifle to go deer hunting with. And I bought one box of ammo and you, I, you got 25 rounds in this box and it cost about $25. So, you know, a dollar a round and I'm there shooting it and trying to sight it in. And I'm just, I'm going all over the place and it wasn't clicking how to turn, which way to turn the knob to get the, to line my scope up where my point of impact was. And, I got to a point where I said, you need to stop shooting and wasting this ammo or else you're going to have nothing for deer season, which starts tomorrow. <laughs> so I went home that night and I'm thinking, how can I sight this thing in using a lot less ammo? And it kind of clicked. What I did was I took the laser sight here and I mounted it on the gun and I aimed at my bullseye and I shot. So let's say my round hit two inches low and four inches to the right. So I left my crosshairs on the bullseye and I moved the laser, which I could see through my scope, two inches low, four inches to the right. And now that was one solid fixed point. So I can move the gun around, you know, the scope's not going off target, the laser's not going off target. And I could then very easily just adjust my scope knobs and see exactly how my crosshairs are moving. So I was able to, you know, click them this way and oh, they're moving the wrong way. So then I know, oh, I gotta click them the opposite direction. And I was able to move them exactly where I needed. Took one more shot just to confirm and it was a dead on bullseye. So I was able to effectively within one shot, zero the gun, but two shots just to confirm it. Yeah, that's really good insight as uh, I actually checked that video out a while back after we spoke about it. It's really well done. Uh, but if you do have a real firearm, uh, as well as some of our airsoft viewers as well, Steve not only has a video, but we also have a video, uh, which happens to be our top video at this moment uh, for how to zero our highlight laser sight um, as well. But Steve, you go on a lot of trips, you do a lot of different stuff. What's been some of your crazy stuff yeah what well, i was gonna say can you take us on you know kind of an adventure with you like when you go down to florida kind of like so how does that come about and like what's your setup uh heading out there for some of those events that you go to 
so how that all comes about is I live in the Northeast. So I've dead of winter, you know, in here, it's minus 30 degrees outside. I've got three feet of snow. I can't go outside. So I just start watching YouTube videos and of, of warm, sunny places. And, you know, <laughs> all, the, all the time I find myself watching Florida videos. So then just the trip starts planning, you know, what can I do? What can I go and hunt? And iguanas are an invasive species introduced in Florida through the pet trade. And it's amazing how many different type of invasive species are in Florida. I was looking at a list today, everything from, and I assume these are people's pets that I've also escaped, but everything from Savannah warthogs to capybaras to um, squirrel monkeys to wild wow. parrots are in Florida and they're all considered invasive species. And in Florida, an invasive species is only protected by an anti-cruelty act, which means you can't intentionally hurt or wound or injure the animal. If you're going to kill it, you have to um, put forth a good effort to do it quickly and humanely. Um, mm -hmm. One shot to the head on most of the stuff. So in South Florida, People always message me, um, where should I go to find iguanas? And the answer is absolutely everywhere in South Florida, there are iguanas on every canal bank, on every street, everywhere in South Florida, there's probably hundreds of iguanas. They have no natural predators and people then say, well, what harm do they do? Uh, one good example is they, they burrow under the ground and I was actually walking on the grass and I stepped on what looked and appeared to be solid grass and I sunk in about six inches. And if I were an elderly person or a small child, you know, I could have easily fallen and twisted or broken a hip and you know, that oh, wow. uh, you're getting injured right there. But on top of that, they erode seawalls and cause millions of dollars in damage that way they're, um, Anything that flowers in Florida, so uh, crops and um, like little like flowers in your front garden, they immediately eat. Um, another really big issue is in Florida, they have burrowing owls that make dens in the ground and the iguanas displace the burrowing owls. And if there are babies in the nest at that time, they die. And the burrowing owls are almost endangered at this point. Point, I think they're right on the cusp of going from uh, making it on the endangered species list. So one of these last trips down, it was really neat. I was actually set up on the back of my truck in the middle of a city street with cars going by me with another vehicle parked next to me. It was Jessica from Iguana Solutions and she had her lights going and the badging on the side of the truck. But I was shooting from basically the sidewalk where my vehicle was parked into a power company's um, like a yard and they had a bunch of generators, but I was shooting iguanas out of the burrowing owl dens. And then since I, I was shooting them, I got to go and go up close to the owls. And if you're from Florida, you know that uh, when uh, someone discovers a burrowing owl then they actually rope it off so they put stakes around it and put rope around it so no one mows near it and no one disturbs it but I was actually able to go 
under the ropes and, and collect the um, iguanas out. And I actually got to see some burrowing owls up close, which was really neat. That's but awesome. It's just fun things like that. And another crazy thing they have down there, it's called a Mexican spiny tail iguana. And this thing looks like it's just the most craziest thing you'll ever see. It's uh, just super aggressive. There's thorns covering its entire tail and they eat meat so and they live in like the attics and roofs of people's houses it's just it's a whole nother world down there when you get down and actually start like researching and getting into the what can i hunt what exotic fun things can i hunt type of thing yeah absolutely i definitely uh am familiar kind of uh you know the research that i've done before on florida wildlife i believe the hurricane uh back in what was it like the 90s 80s 90s 94 was Hurricane Andrew, I think. Yeah, oh, and everything. And um, so I actually have another trip planned at the beginning of this coming month. We're going down June 4th, and we've done a lot of research, and I think we're going to be able to find some pythons now. So hopefully um, I get a big one. <laughs> I say that excited and both terrified at the same time because <laughs> I have, uh, you know, no question in my mind, a, a, me and a python in a, a fair fight, it's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> well, Steve, kind of to, to kind of close things out a little bit, um, for those of you that don't know, Steve's kind of, in our, you know, Steve and I connected a little while back. Uh, Steve, can you talk a little bit about how you use uh, a highlight product uh, in, involved in some of the work that you do? Oh, that's a cool question. Um this last time I went out, I had this, the highlight uh, P5GL and it's a ultra bright green laser and it has a light to go along with it. And I'm not sure how many lumens it is. I'm sure you could probably shed some light on that one, but mm -hmm. it has a solid mode and then it has a strobe mode. So we went into this uh, barn and it was a little darker. And we were trying to scare the birds from the dark side of the barn to the lighter side of the barn so we could see them through our scopes. And at first, I put the strobe light feature on thinking this is going to be great. They're going to see the strobe and get scared and fly. And it had the exact opposite effect on them, which we used to our advantage later on. With the strobe, it was basically blinding them, you know, on, off, on, off. They couldn't see so they didn't fly because obviously they don't want to fly into anything and get injured so it locked them on so at one point i was holding them with my strobe light while my buddy was shooting at them and they were just sitting there the other thing you know we were chasing them to the light side of the barn with the, just the regular light and the laser but what we really did that i found was interesting and, and we just came up with it on the spot and one part mm -hmm. of the barn you can see it with your human eye, but when you're looking through one of these tiny little uh, scopes that come on the Daisy 80, you've got a, a tube like this, and it doesn't let a lot of air, or I'm sorry, a lot of light come through it. Mm -hmm. So although you can see stuff with your naked eye, looking through a scope, it's very dark. And when I was looking at this pigeon, I couldn't see anything at all through the scope. I could see the crosshairs, but I couldn't see the pigeon at all. So I handed my buddy my gun that had the laser sight on it and I took his gun and he basically held the laser sight on the bird where he wanted me to shoot 
and I look through my scope and even though I'm seeing nothing but darkness, I can pick up the green laser dot. And I was able to put my crosshairs exactly where he was designating the target for me and I was able to shoot the pigeon. And it, it worked, it was really effective and we did that a few more times that day. So that was awesome, really interesting. Wow, thank you for uh, sharing that part. That's definitely a uh, unique perspective uh, on our products. A lot of people don't yeah. um, get to do the stuff that you do, but also the P5GL is also a 400 lumen uh, LED light as well. Yeah, it's super, super bright. And it's really awesome because I've had other laser sites in the, in the past and the actual green laser on this I would say is brighter than everything else I've had. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank thank you for that. We uh, we appreciate that. But Steve, it's been awesome having you on here. Uh, those of you, I'm going to tag his social media below in the podcast description. Steve, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me here. It's been it's been a blast. I enjoy every time I can come on. And um, I think one of the things that we didn't get to mention. Uh, that I know you had brought up before was um, that giant fish that we shot in Florida. That's right, the snakehead. Yeah, so uh, snakehead is also an invasive species in Florida. And there's an ongoing joke because the very first time I went to Florida, um, I met Erlis. You know, so 15 minutes after meeting each other, we see a snakehead in this canal. We get it on a, a rod and a hook. And... I'm, I'm there. We've got the fish to the shore. And I look at him and I go, hey, these things have teeth, right? And he goes, uh, no, I don't think so. Well, I want everybody <laughs> to Google a picture of a snakehead mouth. It looks like uh, vampire fangs and like piranha teeth and everything. So we get this giant snakehead and um, we're out hunting with a guy uh Mike from Real Cool Adventures. He's an awesome guy. And he's driving us up and down the canal. He says, listen, guys, you guys can expect to see anything and everything from like coyotes just randomly appearing and running across to, you know, the most exotic of things coming in. Just be prepared for anything. And the one thing that I wasn't expecting was to go shooting fish that day. I know, like, right? Who does that? <laughs> So we're driving up and down this canal bank and we see these giant snakehead and he's um, basically timing it out. He's like, wait for them to come up because they breathe air. So they have to come up to the surface. So I wasn't shooting. I was filming. So he's counting. He's like, here it comes. Here it comes right now. And Erlis and he both shot this thing in the head. I don't know how they timed their shot, but it sounded like one shot. And you only saw one splash in the water. But if you look on the fish, it's got two wounds from both rounds hitting it. So he runs, he gets this thing out. We weigh it up. It weighed 13, 13 pounds, five ounces. And I think if you go on Google and search up the world record, the world record is currently 12 pounds for a snakehead. Uh, wow. It was just shy of the world record in length by one inch. But I think... They take um, weight, length, and girth. So I think ours would have taken it by that, but we didn't realize it. And also, I, I think shooting it, it doesn't really qualify world record status at that point. <laughs> but had a blast doing it. And he showed us, uh, getting back to the snakeheads don't have teeth. 
So Erlis asks him, hey, Mike, snakeheads have teeth, right? And he goes, oh, my God, yes. And he said a story about, I told him I was going to lift this thing. He's like, oh, no, don't ever do that. They'll bite your fingers off. These things are so crazy. And their gills where they breathe, they have teeth in the back of their gills for whatever reason. I have no idea why. Why would anything hmm. need back by its gill plate? But these things do, and he showed us it crazy thing right yeah yeah that's that's nuts i didn't know that about the gills but uh but steve thank you again for coming on and and sharing this information it's always good to talk to you we'll have to do this again sometime soon